Thanks again for listening to these podcasts. I am Chris Mayer, and you have found your way to the ancient art of modern warfare. In the previous podcast, I described the Battle of the Night of 7 and 8 February 2018, which pitted a battalion-sized task force, including several hundred Russian private military contractors, against a small force of Kurdish and Arab militia, backed up by U.S. Special Operations Forces and a truly awesome amount of U.S. air power. But who are these Russian military contractors? What are they doing? Whom do they work for? What effect are they having on the conduct of modern warfare? That will be the subject of the next few podcasts of the ancient art of modern warfare. The group that attacked the Konoko gas plant in February 2018 are reliably identified as members of the so-called Wagner Group. So-called because officially they do not exist. They operate under the command of Dmitry Utkin. Utkin is a reserve lieutenant colonel of the GRU, the Russian Military Intelligence, and Wagner is Utkin's GRU tactical call sign. They are financed through Igevnia Prigozhin, a member of Russian President Vladimir Putin's inner circle. Before exploring more about Wagner, it's worthwhile to spend a few minutes on Prigozhin. He is a two-time convict, sentenced to prison for theft, fraud, robbery, and contributing to the delinquency of minors. Released early after the fall of the Soviet Union, he opened a chain of hot dog stands in St. Petersburg. He now owns five of the most elite restaurants in Russia. Sometime during this expansion, Prigozhin came to the attention of Vladimir Putin, subsequently winning large catering contracts for the Russian government. Prigozhin is also known for his control of the Internet Research Agency, accused of being the so-called troll farm that attempted to manipulate recent elections in the United States and elsewhere. For this, and his involvement in the Ukraine conflict, Prigozhin was sanctioned by the U.S. government, but this seems to have had little effect on his business activities. So how does a man like this come to control a private army like Wagner? Some sources say it was not his idea. In the early 2010s, the Russian general staff began looking at what is called hybrid warfare. This will be the subject of a future podcast. The hybrid concept includes the ability to use forces that cannot be attributed to Russia to destabilize unfriendly governments or to prop up friendly governments but where it would not be wise to deploy Russian troops. They look to the example of Western private military companies with particular interest in combat provider companies such as Executive Outcomes and Sandline. These organizations were very successful in helping African countries overcome ruthless insurgencies. They also looked at what they perceived to be the activities of Blackwater in Iraq. Because Russian laws forbid such private military companies, they had to come up with a way to develop a capability with no legal chain of accountability to the Russian government. Enter Prigozhin. Prigozhin already impressed Vladimir Putin through his catering of diplomatic events, and Putin was a regular at Prigozhin's restaurants. The general staff looked at Prigozhin's personal characteristics and determined that he could be an appropriate front for what the defense ministry wanted to do. Prigozhin suddenly received contracts for supplying food and cleaning services to the Russian army. Prigozhin's and his corporate affiliates' contracts for government services went from 600 million rubles in 2014 to almost 65 billion rubles in 2015. 
This provided more than enough capital to cover fielding a military force. That year, a training camp for so-called volunteers and retirees opened next to a GRU barracks under the control of Colonel Utkin. So what is the Wagner Group? It is an unregistered body of mostly Russian citizens providing military-related services outside of Russia. These services include training and assistance to foreign security forces, protection of installations and high-risk personnel, and most notably, combat. Wagner and its leaders maintain close relations with the Russian political and military leadership, a relationship recently acknowledged even by Vladimir Putin. Although its operations are not legal under Russian law, its officers have been awarded medals for their activities supporting Russian strategic interests. Recently, Putin made public comments praising Wagner. Their services support totalitarian governments shunned by the West and usually support clear Russian national interests. Sometimes, however, their actions may be disconnected from Russian strategic aims and may merely support the economic goals of Kremlin insider Igevnia Prigozhin. This may be a key factor in the Konoko plant battle. Although Russian quasi-mercenary forces first appeared in the takeover of the Crimea and subsequent fighting in eastern Ukraine, the Wagner Group first came to the world's attention in 2016 with the capture of Palmyra, Syria. Wagner forces were on the front lines with the Syrian army, supported by Russian combat aircraft. With that victory, the Russian government could no longer deny that this force existed. Instead, the leaders were called home to Moscow where medals and honors awaited. Since then, the fortunes and activities of Wagner have gone up and down. As fortunes went up, Prigozhin's actions seemed to become more self-serving, and the Russian military may have felt that they were losing control over someone so well connected with Putin. A Prigozhin company contracted with the Syrian government to participate in Syria's oil and gas projects. There are reports that this agreement included capturing oil and gas fields and returning them to government control for which Prigozhin's companies would retain a control of the share of the revenue from these installations. This may have been what prompted the attack on the Konoko plant, and teaching Prigozhin a lesson may be why the Russian military did nothing to stop the impending disaster. But that's only my own speculation. Nonetheless, the attack embarrassed the Russian government, and the Russian government does not like to be embarrassed. After the debacle, Russian military supplies to Wagner apparently dried up, and they had to make do with substandard weapons, food, and even a drop in pay. More recently, the Russian defense ministry may seem to think that Wagner and Prigozhin have learned their lesson, because since then, Wagner troops deployed to the Sudan, unsuccessfully propping up former dictator Omar Bashir. Nonetheless, they were popular enough with the Sudanese military and security forces that about 150 of them may still be in country. The Wagner Group also appeared in the Central African Republic. As there is a UN peacekeeping operation there, Wagner services are supposed to be limited to training government security forces. However, Wagner also provides personal security services to the president and serves as special advisors in the Ministry of Defense. As in Syria, Prigozhin-affiliated companies enter into contracts for access to natural resources resources protected by Wagner. Also, as in Syria, 
There are reports that Wagner engages in combat operations to secure those resources. This may not be a matter of raw entrepreneurialism for Prigozhin. For one, it supports Russian desire for economic as well as political expansion. Second, this may be the business plan for funding Wagner. To maintain deniability, the group may need to be self-supporting. Outside of Africa, there are unsubstantiated reports of Wagner troops in Venezuela propping up the Maduro regime and more credible reports of continued combat operations in the eastern Ukraine. But wait, Wagner is not the only Russian quasi-mercenary force. There are about a dozen Russian-affiliated groups known to conduct combat and combat-related activities outside of Russia. These include Eagle Anti-Terror, RSB Group, Moran, Enot, Vega, and Patriot. The relationship between these organizations is deliberately vague. Some may be the same organization using a different nom de guerre. Others may be temporary arrangements, formed for a unique operation or represent subordinate elements of another company. Wagner itself was built on the rubble of a previously unsuccessful organization called the Slavonic Corps. Unlike Wagner or its predecessor, some of these organizations are actually legal corporations registered in Moscow to provide protective services within Russia, private security companies. Others have foreign registrations in Argentina, Belize, Cyprus, and other countries, if they're registered anywhere at all. Among these groups, Patriot has direct ties to the GRU and may be set up to provide an alternative to dependence on Wagner. As with Wagner, however, their foreign combat operations are illegal under Russian law. The lack of transparency is deliberate and effective. This gray status facilitates using these companies to pursue Russian national interests while maintaining implausible but technically legal deniability. The lack of clarity is deliberate and resists easy categorization. Their organization defies analogy with Western notions of corporation or other legal business entities. Terms like private military and security company used to describe Western military support contractors creates a false impression of equivalence between these Russian organizations and undermines improvements in Western companies over the past decade. Even the term mercenary may not fit, largely because the definition of mercenary in international law is too narrow to capture the activities of these organizations. They are, as Winston Churchill described Russia itself, a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. Churchill went on to say, but perhaps there is a key. That key is Russian national interest. In the next podcast, I will talk a little bit about what those Russian national interests may be, how Russia is using the concept of hybrid warfare to further those interests, and the important role of Russian extra-legal combat provider organizations.